Hey, sweet mama, do you want to feel patient and calm with your children? Are you sick of constantly overreacting, yelling, and even experiencing mom rage with your family? Do you find yourself up late at night consumed with mom guilt and remorse for your words and actions with your kids? Do you wish you could have daily alone time to feel restored and connect with God? There is a way to take care of yourself guilt-free and show up as a calm, patient, and kind mama to your kids. Hey, I'm Elizabeth, and I'm a stress coach for Christian moms. I'm a wife, a mom of four, and the daughter of the king. Want to know how to become present, peaceful, and calm mama? I'm about to teach you how to connect with God, master your mindset, set healthy boundaries, and be in control of your emotions. My friend, I pray that this podcast blesses you. I'm Elizabeth, and you are listening to Emotionally Healthy Legacy Podcast. Let's talk about motherhood mistakes and messing up and feeling like it's too late to change and feeling like you messed up your kids for life and feeling regret and remorse for the mistakes that you've made, feeling like you're not good enough, like you're failing, that you're not perfect. Well, if this is something that you relate with and you feel regret for the mistakes that you made with your kids, maybe they're still young or maybe they're already grown-ups and you just have so much regret with the way that you handle things what you did with your kids, what you said to your children. And you just wish things were different. You wish you could go back and undo things. Well, this episode will speak to you so deeply. In this episode, I invited Shelly. And she is also a podcaster and a writer and a mom of four kids. And we talked about what does the Bible say about regret, different types of regret, and how we can shift our perspective, and how we can fight the enemy's lies that he is speaking to us about regret and the mistakes that we've made, and how we can move forward past the regret and do the next right thing, and how God can redeem the mistakes that we've made. My friend, this is such a powerful conversation. I really want you to listen to it, and it's going to give you so much hope. And check out also Shelly's podcast. It's called The Unperfect Podcast. It is linked in the show notes. She also has wonderful free resources for you, and I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. I also want to tell you that I have a wonderful training for you, a completely free training on overcoming shame after you experienced a blowout with your kids. That shame that you feel, that you feel like you can't tell anyone, nobody should ever know the way that you yelled at your kids and how much remorse you feel. Well, this shame training is going to go really good along with this episode. If you go to endmomshame.com, it's going to redirect you to the link where you can register for training. Or if you just scroll down in the show notes, there's a next step section. And over there, step number one is to watch the free training. It will give you the five steps you need to take to break free from that shame that is also from the, from the enemy. And you will learn the difference between shame and guilt and why sometimes guilt is a good thing. And I think you're also going to get so much out of it and you will feel really blessed. So let's get into this podcast episode. You're going to enjoy it so much. Shelly, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. 
You are here to talk about how to ditch regret of past mistakes and embracing yes. the unperfect motherhood because none of us are perfect. And especially if we have honest and open conversations with other moms, we will quickly realize that none of us are perfect. And so that is what you are going to be talking about today. But before we start, I want to ask you a fun question. What is something that you've been loving lately? It could be anything. Well, I, I feel kind of embarrassed to say this one because it sounds lazy, but I'm finding out that more and more moms are getting these. So my husband and my parents and the in-laws all went in together and got me an iRobot vacuum cleaner for Christmas, and it has been life-changing. I was mm -hmm. I was not a great house cleaner before, <laughs> but just being able to say, and we named her Amelia Bedelia, so just being able to oh. say, Alexa... Get Amelia Bedelia to go vacuum the kitchen has just been life changing. So, oh my gosh, that's so <laughs> fun! I have a robo vacuum, but I don't use it as much because it gets stuck under the couch. It would go uh, under the okay. couch and it would get stuck. But I want to use it more. But that's the only reason I don't use it because it gets stuck right. under the couch, and then it's like we have to try to figure that out. Unless I can figure out some way. For it not to go under the couch, I don't know. But I guess I could set up the system, but I haven't like done it. I just right. like, press the button, just let it do its thing. Right. Yeah. And I guess our couch is such a way that you can't go under. So mm. we we haven't gotten it stuck anywhere. It has had to empty itself way more often than the manual says it should, which just lets you know how dirty my house is. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, like a little bit about your family, where you're from. And I want you to tell us about your podcast as well. Sure. So I am a wife of 29 years to my husband, Art. We live in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, we have four kids. Our oldest two are Silas, who's 22, um, and he just got engaged on New Year's Eve. So I'll be getting a daughter-in-law this week, this year. And then Josiah, who's 19. And then our youngest two were adopted from Rwanda. And Samuel, our son, is 18. And then our only daughter, Kamara, is 17. So that is our full house. And so, yeah, when I'm not frantically looking for my keys or my phone, I love to write. I host the Unperfect podcast. It's un-perfect. Apparently, there are a lot of us with the same idea of the whole unperfect. Um, but we do a new episode every Tuesday where my guests and I encourage women to see glimpses of God's glory here in the now and the not yet of our imperfect lives. And I offer some resources, both free and paid, on my website where I occasionally blog as well. Hey, that's exciting. And I was, you said your son is 22 and he's engaged. And I'm thinking to myself, 22, so young, such kids. And then I remember <laughs> my husband and I were both 20 when we got married. And I'm like, what were our parents thinking? Being I like, know. oh, we give you your blessing. I got engaged at 19 and he was 20. And I, it just seems like we were such kids. And right. And now you see others get engaged at like 19, 20, 21, and it just feels like so young, maybe compared to where where I'm at right now. I'll be turning 35 this year. So yeah, you probably feel like I'm still young, but for me, it's like, I feel like, it's, especially the last 10 years, I've come and grown so much and God has worked on me so much the last 10 years. The first five years of marriage seemed kind of like more easier for us in a sense, but then the other 10, that's when 
God did a lot of work sure. on both and of us. We had the opposite. Like our first 10 years were like, oh my goodness, what have we just done? And then there's been a lot of sanctifying in the last mm-hmm. last 15 or so. But yeah, that is definitely how it feels. And then I remember I was young and thought I knew everything too. So I guess. <laughs> yes. And you know, what makes me think of that. What was so funny when we were getting married and we, you know, our our pastor who led our, not the reception, the ceremony. And he said, he's like, right now you guys are all in love and excited, but I want you to know that you're going to have hard times. There are going to be times when you don't get along and you feel like you don't love this person anymore. And that's when God is going to be working in your heart and you need to persevere. And I'm like, thinking to myself, yeah, he doesn't know what we have going on. We have real <laughs> love going on here. Like, That's right. <laughs> like Our love is going to stay the same and That's right. we're going to be like this for the rest of our lives. And then, and, and then struggles happen and hard seasons come and it really tests your commitment and what you're going to stick with. It does. And it, it's hard. It's hard. So yes, speaking of that, let's talk about ditching regret for our past mistakes and em- embracing the unperfect motherhood. How did you come up with the term unperfect? Okay. So on a surface level, I am very unperfect. I have backed my van into my own garage door multiple times. I have sent a myriad of texts to people that it wasn't supposed to go to them. So I just kind of needed a stronger word than imperfect, imperfect to, to describe myself. But on a deeper spiritual level, I just feel like it describes what life is like for us as believers who we know and we love Jesus, but we're living in this broken world and things are so not perfect. Um, and when I mention that, you know, I'm not talking about excusing, being okay with sin in my life and just excusing that. It's more what First John 3, 2 talks about, how we're here on earth, but we're living in the now and the not yet. So what we will be has not yet been made known is what that verse says. And I think a lot of us, I just felt like I never really had permission to admit that we're living in this tension. You know, a lot of people in the church and in communities will quote verses like Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for our good, and which is a very true verse. Um, it just kind of gives you the impression you should put on this happy face and everything's going to be okay. Um, and it is going to be okay, but we're really not promised that it's going to be okay until eternity. So it's just how do we live in that tension of, I can believe what God says is true, but things are still going to hurt, right? I'm still going to be I still struggle with depression. Uh, my kids are going to make choices I can't affect or or do anything about. So it's just that we're not home yet. So it's not going to feel completely perfect like we were. Yeah, that's beautiful. We want to touch on the topic of making mistakes. Making mistakes as a mom or even just as a human and a wife, right? Making mistakes. And we all do that. None sure. of us are perfect. And you say there's two types of regret most moms experience. Can you talk about that? Sure. So the first one I'm calling, I used to call it foolishness. Now I'm calling it ignorance because I don't know, foolish just sounds a little more negative. But ignorance is if I knew then what I knew now, I would totally do that differently. Or I wish I'd done that strategy or made that decision. It's not necessarily that we made a bad decision or a poor choice, but in hindsight, we can see it wasn't the best one. And 
when we find ourselves there, we do have a choice to make. We can give in to that regret and just let it paralyze us, which is what I really think regret does to us. Or we can learn from it and move forward. So acknowledging that we have that regret can be therapeutic. It can help us move forward and learn from it. But one thing I say to myself often is I did the best I could with what I knew. And here's a real life example. We adopted two preschoolers from Rwanda 14 years ago. And now you can find a resource on raising kids with developmental trauma at every corner of the bookstore. But back then, I didn't even know what developmental trauma was. And so knowing what I know now, I would do a thousand things differently. And my kids have some struggles that very well could have been helped if I had done those things. We probably did some things that made their trauma worse. But that's a lot to live with. Like that is way too heavy of a load to carry. And I, I don't think I was meant to carry it. So I, I say that I do the best that I could with what I knew. And I have to lay that heavy weight on God's shoulders, right? Because he's the one that says, my yoke is easy, the burden is light. And I have to let him carry that. Um, so that's the first kind of regret, I think, is is just things we didn't know to do differently. And then there's the actual sin. Like we did know better. That that we just, you know, we lost our temper. We made a bad choice. And that kind of lingering regret, I feel like leads us to defeat because we start agreeing with Satan's accusation accusations that we're just not good enough. We're not spiritual enough, you know? Um, And we know from Romans 8, 1, that we're not supposed to have that kind of condemnation, that that's not from God, That's that we don't have that. So I think with those kind of regrets, we have to let it take us to a place of repentance where we can open that door for forgiveness from God and from ourselves. And that's how we move forward. We have a God that makes beauty from ashes, that redeems the years the locusts have stolen. His word promises that. And so this is something I like to remind myself when I'm living with those kind of regrets is that God is the great redeemer of regrets. He's bigger than the worst choice I've ever made. So we can look no further than the cross, right? The worst choice humanity ever made, God redeemed it. He did something amazing with it. And so that th- those are the two ways I think we can experience regret. For sure. Yeah. And I think like the second one that you mentioned, that's just the enemy putting shame on you. Absolutely. What's wrong with me? Uh, Like for me, it's I know better. I should have done better. For me, like personally for me, it's most likely comes up for me when I still lose my cool with my kids. Sure. And the enemy's like, will you teach this? Who are you to right. teach on anger? Look at you getting all frustrated and raising your voice with the kids. You know better. You should do better. You have no right to teach on this topic. And that's where that one really gets me. That out of sure. I would say out of all the negative, shameful thoughts that the enemy sends you, and his weapon is your mindset, right? He attacks sure. our mindset, our thoughts. That one is probably one of the big ones for me right now in this season is like, well, you teach this, you need to be perfect. Right. You have to have it all together. How can you teach on this topic if you're still messing up? And some days it's really hard and I really have to, I have to go to the Lord and I'm like, I'm sorry, I messed up. Yes, I know better how to do better, but in this moment, things felt really heavy and really overwhelming and really hard. And I know how to process that. I know how to reflect on that. And it's still hard. 
It's right. still hard because the enemy, he wants to really speak those lies over you. And so for when we do make mistakes, especially like you said, when we do know better and we still choose to make those mistakes or in the heat of the moment react or whatever it is. And then the sure. other thing that you mentioned was um, I did my best at the time with the knowledge that I had and the resources that I had Absolutely. at that time. I love that. I love that. And even if you have those thoughts creep in, I think this is a wonderful phrase to even write down in your journal, just to even see it on paper. Sure. Like for me, it's such a silly thing. I have an example that comes to mind right away is when my oldest son was one years old, I decided I was going to potty train him at one or before he was one. Well, why? Because my mom had four of us potty trained before we won because she hand washed all our diapers back then. And so she started potty training us around six months and she'd like put us over the sink. And, and so by the time we were one, we were all making a sound where we wanted to go to the bathroom. Wow. So I thought, well, <laughs> I'm going to be a good mom. I'm going to potty train my oldest son by the time he was one. Well, I started probably closer to one and he would have constant accidents. And I would get so frustrated. I would mm -hmm. feel so mad at him. I remember yelling at him and even spanking him out of anger. Silly me. Sure. And because I just had this perspective and mentality that I have to have because that's what a good mom does. That's just so ridiculous. And now I have a fourth child. I completely address potty training, completely different. Sure. And when I think back of that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that just silly me. And it's almost ridiculous, but I like that reminder. I did my best at that time with the thoughts that I had, with the resources, with the knowledge that I had. I was doing my best with what I knew at that time. And now I know better and I'm doing better. Sure. Yeah. And just even watching my son go through engagement and they're preparing for their wedding and their marriage and everything, like they are doing so many things way better than my husband did. <laughs> but I really too think that there's just a, there's more, we, we're talking about things more. So there is a, and we have the internet, there's a lot more information ready for you know, about things. And the other thing I thought of when you were talking too is um, it kind of goes back to the imperfect thing is you were saying, you know, if you know all the things that I'm supposed to be doing, and you know, I, I have all the tools, but I'm also dealing with imperfect people. You know, mm. my kids, I can't control their reactions of whether they're two or whether they're 19, that, you know, there's a whole nother element that affects the way we respond and react the way we want to. So yeah. Yeah. And so help me think of more maybe mindset shifts or how to shift our focus when we feel regret for our mistakes. Let's say we did make a mistake that we knew that was wrong and we still made that mistake. How do we forgive ourselves? How do we move past that? Especially like the second type of regret that you mentioned sure. about when we know what we're doing is wrong, what it's, it's sinful, it's hurtful, and we still did it. How do we move past that? Yeah. And I think, so I think the opposite of regret is hope. So regret, regret, when we're regretting something deeply, we're focusing on me, what I did. And hope focuses on Jesus, right? It's That's a whole thing outside of myself. Um, and I, as I was studying this, I learned that the Greek word for hope in the New Testament actually means an expectation of good. So regret says, 
I really messed this up. I did this. I knew better, whatever. Hope says, I can expect God to work in the midst of this and despite the disappointment I've experienced. So the focus of my regret is me. The focus of my hope is Jesus. And we have one of the best examples in scripture of somebody doing what you just said of, of that, that sinful regret. And that's Peter, right? And we know that even at, he, he knew, right? He walked with Jesus those three years. He was in the inner circle with Jesus, knew Jesus' heart, but he denies him three times, right? And, you know, the Scripture tells us that he that he hears the crow of the rooster and he goes out and weeps bitterly. And so he's at his lowest there. But unlike Judas, who allowed his regret to destroy his future, we have Peter who holds fast to hope. And we know this because in the books that he writes, in the like the whole book of First Peter, there are so many references to hope. And because of the resurrection, his hope comes fully alive. And he talks about how we have this living hope and how he calls us to set our hope completely on God's grace and how we can share that hope with others. So it just kind of is a great example of that kind of mindset shift of, I can either just you know, set a stake in the ground. I did this regret. I'm going to live stuck here. I'm going to hang pictures in the wall and stay here. Or I'm going to remember that God can do anything with this. You know, he's He's the God of resurrection, of bringing dead things to life. So I can put my hope in him. And I also think, like you mentioned, forgiving ourselves. I think it's so important one thing that makes it easier, I think, to forgive ourselves is when we realize we're not alone. Like you were talking about, every mama struggles with regret because none of us are perfect. We have all done things, whether it's small and insignificant or huge, that we wish we hadn't, or we've omitted things we wish we'd done. And I just remember as a young mom, I, I was looking back through some journals. And I mean, it's just page after page of me going, I screwed up again. I'm never going to get this right. I'm not a, you know, I wish I were a more patient mom. Mine, I had lots of anger, lots of impatience, you know, and just feeling like a failure as a mom. And now realizing if I had gotten into some community with other women and just been authentic, I would have realized that doesn't mean me a bad mom. That makes me a probably pretty normal mom. And I can work through this with other people. I can, you know, get encouragement and support. What did you try? What did you try? And that was something I I don't think I had because I was trying to put this persona out there of I have a great mom and I have it all together instead of being authentic and saying, y'all, I'm, I'm treading water over here. I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make it. So I think we realize nothing we've done is unforgivable, um, but just to realize it's more common and I think it's more common among women. I, I don't know a man's mind there, but then we can, you know, realize alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like what you said that. And what makes makes me think of the word that you said, mistake. Mistakes we can learn from. Sure. We can either beat ourselves up for messing up or doing X, Y, Z. Or we said, well, I learned not to do that again. Right. And so this was a lesson and I learned from it. And moving forward, I will make different choices and different decisions. And so that's kind of how I am starting to view my mistakes. There's still stuff that I make mistakes in my business. Silly. Some of them are embarrassing. And there's mistakes I make in parenting and marriage and, and just in, even in my personal life. And I feel like it might be silly things like 
For example, I know that if I fall asleep with my phone next to me and my alarm goes off, I know I will snooze it. Yes. 100%. <laughs> I know that about me. And yeah. every time I do that, I'm like, oh, I knew this. I knew I was going to snooze it and sleep through the alarm and then get up an hour later. And it's a mistake that I choose again and again. And then I'm like, okay, I I already know this about myself. I learned this lesson about myself that I need to have my phone across the room or in the bathroom, sure. which forces me to get out of bed. And it's just even like silly things like that. And so mistakes is where I think like having that perspective where we get to learn from them. We, we can either beat ourselves up, which keeps us in the past and gets us nowhere, or we can view it like, okay, well, that sucked. That was wrong. That was sinful or whatever it was. And shift that perspective. I've learned not to do that again. That was a great lesson not to do that again. And even with our kids, when our kids do something, I'm like, well, I think you'll learn not to do that again next time. Sure. It's like, I, I, I think of a knife, like it can cut me or I can use it as a tool. I can open a box with it, or I can dice vegetables with it and cook for my family. So it's, it's that whole, how am I going to see this as something that's hurtful or am I going to see it as a tool that I can, yeah, go forward. Yeah, And I think one of the things that makes me think of mistakes that inner self-talk is valuable and important because the enemy will attack your mindset. He's going to make you think negative thoughts about yourself. I'm a screw up. I can never get it right. I'm always going to be like this. And it's all the I am negative statements like that are attacking you. And then also, if you grew up in a home where your parents were extremely critical and said things that were hurtful and negative when you made mistakes, then that's like another level of that. You have the enemy attacking you. And then you have voices that like just even phrases that are stuck in your mind and your brain from when you were raised. And I think this is just even a really good lesson for us to learn that what we say to our kids when they make mistakes is really valuable and important because that becomes their inner voice later on in life. If you say, well, you're a screw up. Why would you ever do this? Well, now you embarrassed me or whatever it might be. All those things, like they sit deep inside of us. So I'm glad that we were able to talk about this topic and just like reframe some of the perspectives. Um, One of the things I want you to talk to is speak to that mama who feels regret right now for mistakes that she made with her younger kids. When they're, let's say her kids are older a little bit now and she's thinking back when they were two and three and when she made a bunch of mistakes, and I think not necessarily sinful ones, but just some examples that came to mind because I was talking to a friend and she brought up some of these, allowing them the phone too early, especially right. now with social media, um, allowing the kids to play video games for hours, and now they might have an addiction to video games, uh, allowing sure. your kids to go to sleepovers where they had hurtful experiences. and And so... They're not necessarily sinful things, but they're just mistakes and choices that were made that were not helpful. And now she's beating herself up for it, thinking, okay, well, if I did X, Y, Z differently, my kids would turn out X, Y, Z and see, I'm not a good enough mom. Mm. I'm failing at this. Can you please speak to that mom? Sure. And and this is such a great question because 
I can't imagine, again, that there's a mama out there who has not experienced this, whether it's on a minimal, small level or something really big and heavy, like you just mentioned, or like I mentioned with our adopted kids. And so I want, I would say, I want you mamas to have, remember this one promise and then this one practical step. And the promise is this, and I say, go get this tattooed on your heart, your soul, whatever. And it's this, it may be too late for prevention, but it is never too late for redemption. And I'd Mm -hmm. love to say I came up with that, but I didn't. It was a life-changing quote that I read in a book by Jim Burns called Doing Life with Your Adult Children, which I highly recommend. But man, has it altered my perspective because there is no way to go back and change. Again, sometimes things that I didn't know were going to happen. I didn't have the, the knowledge about. There's no way to go back and change, but it is never too late for God's story of redemption to override my mistake. He's never finished, I like to say, writing a kid's story until that kid comes home. And so that's just something I hold on to fiercely when the regret comes crawling back in. Because sometimes it comes daily. Like, I have to daily put my mindset back in. I did the best I could with what I knew. But also, God can do something with this. This doesn't mean it's the end. It's over. Um, So that's a promise I would just highly encourage you to remember. And then a practical step, and this is going to sound really trivial, so so hang on with me, is do the next right thing. And the reason Mm -hmm. I say this is because, as I've said earlier, I think regret paralyzes us. I think we can get stuck in that place of defeat. Um, And I just, there's a story in 2 Samuel that I love, and it's when King Saul had royally messed up and Samuel was having this horrible pity party about it. He was the one who had anointed Saul as king. He had such high hopes for him. But this is how God comes to Samuel. He says, how long will you grieve over Saul since I've rejected him from being king over Israel? And then he says this, fill your horn with oil and go. I'm going to send you to Jesse for I've provided myself a king among his sons. And what I love about that is God basically says, I want you to go do the next right thing. And what Samuel didn't know is the next right thing was he was going to anoint David to be king. And through David, we're going to get Jesus. Like God had this huge picture and all Samuel could see was the regret and the pain of the part that he could see. So I love that. I, you know, I don't know what the next right thing is for each person. You, God can help you with that, whether it's, I need, I need to go ask forgiveness for my kid. I can't tell you how many times I have had to repent to my children. <laughs> so, and I know I'm not alone in that. Maybe that's the next step. And then you make a sweet memory with your kid or, you know, what it's going to look different for, based on whatever your regret is. But I think doing the next right thing, we can't go back but we can seek God, fill up with his spirit and do that next right thing. And just like Peter, God doesn't write us off. So we don't need to write ourselves off as moms. Like Mm -hmm. if God didn't write off Peter, who just totally denied who he was three different times, he's not, he's not saying you're done. You're, I can't believe you did that again. You're, You're done. We're saying that to ourselves. But God is saying, I've got a plan. I got more for you to do. Take the next right step. Do the next right thing. I love that. I love that. And even just when you just messed up, just even taking a breath and say, God, please help me do the next right thing. 
Sure. Help me do the next right thing for the next 15 minutes and then <laughs> the next right thing for the next 15 minutes. Right. Uh, just because I even had that, I had a rough evening with the kiddos yesterday evening and my husband was at the gym and it was just me with four of them and I was putting the toddler to sleep and the other ones were going wild and I was giving them instructions what to do. And obviously right. they're just like chasing each other around, doing headstands, <laughs> which is way more fun than packing lunches sure. and doing dishes. <laughs> and and the other one like refused to brush his teeth and change. And I was feeling frustrated. I was feeling frustrated. And I went into the bathroom. I'm like, God, please help me. Help me just do the right thing. And it's hard. It's hard. And it that's is. where God's strength comes in because we can only do so much with our own willpower and our own strength. And and then we get to a point where it's like we can't do it anymore. And that's where sure. God and his strength come in. So this was and so I, beautiful. I love what you said about the next 15 minutes, too, because I think we think I've just ruined their life. Like we're, we're looking at the very end instead of how can I just make do the next. I, I love that. The next 15 minutes. How can I stay on track? So Yeah. And I good. got that from some other probably YouTuber mom or something. But it's <laughs> good. That's good. Yeah, I need to remember that. One. Yeah, just borrow it from whatever works. <laughs> just take it, take it and borrow it and apply it. And this was beautiful. This was a wonderful conversation. And I am so glad that you were able to come on and be here. I know that you have a free resource for our listeners. Would you like to share about that? Sure. It's a printable download and it's called The Unperfect Promises of God. So it's just five biblical meditations to help you find balance between the brokenness that we live in and the hope that we have in Jesus. And you can use it as a quiet time. You can hang it up on your fridge as a reminder, whatever, as a writing prompt. You can use it however you want. But yeah, if you go to my website, you'll be able to find that. And I'm sure you'll put the link there. Yeah, the link will be in the show notes. So before I let you go, what is one thing that you want the listeners, this mama that is listening to this podcast to walk away with today? Yeah, that's a great question. And I've mentioned this briefly earlier, but again, I've, I really want to just make sure you know that you're not alone. Again, I just remember those thoughts of, I just can't get it together. I keep making mistakes, same mistakes. I'm not the mom I want to be. And life has just shown me none of us were or are the mom that we want to be or that we're comparing ourselves to. So I do encourage you to find a community that you can be authentic with, whether it's a few friends or, you know, a church group or whatever. And sometimes you have to be the courageous one to say first, hey, y'all, I'm really struggling with this. And you will you will be amazed at how many people come out of the woodwork and say, me too, me too. And, and there's just a strength and encouragement in that. So that that would be the the main thing I would want to say is just know that you're not alone. Yeah, and that's a lie from the enemy. You're alone. You're the only one struggling with this. That's right. That is definitely a lie because I, even speaking on this topic of anger, I would get emails from moms. And one of the things that they mentioned is like, I have, I keep thinking that I'm the only one struggling with it. So thank you for this podcast. It makes me feel less alone. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's I wish I had had this podcast when I was a younger mom. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this conversation because I learned a lot of great things from Shelly. And here are the takeaways from this podcast. Shelly shared about different types of regret, and one of them is ignorance regret. It is regret that if I knew then what I know now, 
I would do things differently. You can choose to let that regret paralyze you, or you can choose to learn from it and move forward and tell yourself, I did the best that I knew at the time with the knowledge that I had. Number two, there's a sinful choice regret, and that is where shame breeds in there. We need to take that to the place of repentance and allow God to redeem the regrets. He is bigger than the worst choices that we've ever made. And even if we made sinful choices, God can redeem that and make something beautiful out of it. Number three, it may be late for prevention, but it's never late for redemption. Again, God can redeem the mistakes that you've made and make something beautiful out of it. And actually, it can be an opportunity to rebuild relationships with your kids. Number four, focus on doing the next right thing to move forward. If you feel stuck and you feel like you messed up and you made all these mistakes, move forward by focusing on doing the next right thing. I hope you found so much value out of this conversation. The link is in the show notes to download Shelly's free resource. Also, I wanted to share with you one Amazon item that I've been loving. I've been sharing one item every episode, and that is a glass foot file. So if you're like me, you're in your 30s, your feet aren't as smooth (laughs) as they were when you were a kid, right? And you have lots of callus. And I found this foot file that works really, really well. After I take a shower, I actually put my foot over the toilet. And so then when I file my foot, it just everything extra falls right into the toilet bowl. And it is such a good foot file. It works really, really well. I use it while I'm after the shower when my skin is nice and soft and it's been working out really well for me. It also has really great reviews. So everything I share with you, I make sure it has good reviews. And those are the items that I'm using and that have wonderful reviews. And so go check it out. I think you might really like it. And it's also a wonderful gift to give to others. (laughs) Okay, friend, thanks for being here. I really appreciate you listening to my podcast episode. If you found this helpful, please share it with a friend. Until next time. Hi, friend. Did you learn something new or found value in this episode? If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with one Christian mama friend who has young kiddos and could benefit from this message? Word of mouth is the best way to spread the word and grow this podcast. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, would you please rate and review on Apple Podcasts so I know that this content is helpful and I can continue to create more episodes. This is really the only way for me to know that you are blessed by this podcast. I'll see you soon, my friend. God bless you.